Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds. Steve Harness. And Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. Welcome to the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. All of Brewski, another exciting program, gentlemen. I know it will be exciting. Do you agree? It's always exciting. It's always fun. Sometimes slightly depressing, but uh, it's uh, it's a microcosm of life on this little show. Dude, Brewski told us before we started the show, I had a really depressing uh, story I was going to read today, but I decided not to. And now I can't get it off my mind. I'm so oh. curious. Yeah, Sorry. what was my response? Good. Yeah, good. Read yeah, I, I need no depression in my life. You can find our website, thevocalminority.net, and uh, our, many of our great socials are there, and you can communicate with the program, which we hope you will. Yeah, find us online, and yeah, help spread the word, everybody. If you're listening to this right now, you're part of an exclusive club, which is cool for you, but not as much for us. So help us spread the good <laughs> word here. Hey, dude, did you see a uh, dot pop up on Hawaii this week? Uh, I sure did. I, uh, yeah, two days. Uh, Nick was on uh, vacation this last week, and uh, yeah, I log on to our map that shows me where people are listening, and I thought, <laughs> whoa, someone in Hawaii's listening. Oh, <laughs> I got the text. I was like, I see you're listening. And I was. So, yeah. Isn't that, that kind of creepy, quick. though, that I know immediately? Yes. <laughs> happens real quick. And uh, why? I was hoping you would unplug for the week. You still wanted your fix of the vocal minority, huh? Yeah, dude. I said, this is an exciting program. I don't want to miss it, for crying out loud. What I didn't listen scene? to the whole Were you thing, sitting but... on a balcony on a beach? Where were you enjoying us? Uh, I was on uh, my balcony overlooking a beach. And uh, you know what? To be frank with you, I... Listen to the vocal minority for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then I listened to uh, KRLT. I wanted to stream my life into Hawaii (laughs) just to make sure I was on there. You just can't unplug. All right. And what was (laughs) your thoughts on KRLT since I was filling in for you? Uh, KRLT sounded great as per usual, dude. Of course. Yes. Yeah. I had fun doing, uh, Nick does the 90s at noon amongst uh, several other hours, but I've said it before, it's the best hour of radio every day on our station, and that's including my several hours, so uh, it's a great show, it's always fun to sit in on that one for you. So awesome, thanks for leaving man. good music picked out. You're welcome, and I'm glad uh, you had some fun while you were filling in, I appreciate it. Well, should we get this bad boy started? My mind is a bit scattered as I get back into town, but are we ready? I'm ready. Oh, yeah. On island time, though, are you ready for us? I feel like I'm on island time. Uh, (laughs) For those watching, I will give the. I learned this is a shaka. This is funny, dude. The hang loose, you know, thing that people do in Hawaii. Uh, Rachel, my wife, kept saying, oh, you know, give them the shaka back. Give them the shaka. And I was like, (laughs) the shaka? I was like, are you sure that that's what that means? They call it that here in Hawaii. And she was like, yes, I am. She was like, what else do you think it means? I was like, it's the shocker, dude. Right. Yeah. That was what I was going to say. I didn't realize that was a Hawaiian tradition. One in the pink and one in the stink. How cool. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. But this means just, you know, hang loose and they also call it the shocker. So who knows? Wow. Those Hawaiians are great, dude. They're very cool over there, obviously. So yes, they are. Yeah. We interrupt our program to bring you a special Here is program. a news bulletin. We interrupt this program to bring you all the humanity and all the faith. The state which will live in infamy. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Indeed. All right. Here on episode 49, by the way, we're 
inching up to 50 here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to cover need-to-know news, the news you need to know, stuff that, uh, you know, the news cycle's so busy, so we try to narrow it down for you around here. And, you know, during COVID, everyone got very, uh, very cleansly. I didn't realize how many of you were disgusting pigs before COVID that never washed your hands, (laughs) never sanitized your house, apparently. But, um, you know, like sanitary wipes, you know, like Clorox wipes and things like that. Sure. You guys guys use them? Yep. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Aren't they so convenient? Uh, They seem Uh, convenient, yeah. I I like them. I keep them, you know, I keep them in my car. Obviously, I was just traveling, so I unload them on the plane. As soon as I get on, I wipe everything down. Yeah. Yes. And do you use them on your hands too? I mean, I know you touch it with your hands, but do you do you clean your hands with them? I have in a bind, but it's not regular practice for me to do that. No. Yeah. Okay. It's it seems a little harsh if you do it like once in a while. That's one thing, but if you're doing it regularly, I, I, the cleansers on that 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 seems harsh on my hands. It's hardcore stuff, but I love the fact that it's all in pre-cut little wipes that you can just rub stuff down and throw it away. It's very convenient. And uh, yeah, during COVID, those uh, sales of those things, uh, I think, went up like 90% or something. And um, I don't know about your grocery stores, but everything was sold out around here. And especially wipes, like you're going to get those things for months. Yeah. So here's your need to know news. Those wipes are really bad for us all, and we should not be touching them. (laughs) Oh, why, dude? Not even touching them? Uh, Apparently not supposed to be, not on any regular basis. And you certainly should not be using them to sanitize your hands with um so this is an article where is this from uh this is uh, the guardian over there across the pond uh since the pandemic's outset the global use of disinfectants has gone through the roof clorox uh dramatically boosted production of its wipes back you know back during the COVID era uh the industry trade group said uh 83 of consumers surveyed said that they were uh, buying those things so there's your increase uh, but as schools have reopened, a group of toxic chemical researchers grew concerned as they heard about reports of kids regularly using disinfectant wipes on their classroom desks or uh, teachers uh, running uh, disinfectant foggers, which I'm not, I don't even know what that huh. is. You know, the Lysol can. Shh. Oh, okay. Is that what they not like a, Not like a bug bomb or anything, right? Yeah. No, just, just, just the aerosol, you know, Lysol. Oh, okay. So here's the ironic part. Researchers uh, have discovered that the disinfectants actually did very little to protect any of us from COVID and were instead exposing kids to alarming levels to what they say are dangerous uh, chemicals. Quantary ammonium compounds, also known as QACs or QUATs. QUATs are uh, common components in popular disinfectant wipes, especially the ones that say they kill 99.9% of all germs. But in a uh, new peer-reviewed paper, researchers assembled uh, the conclusion from a fast-growing body of QUAT studies, which sounds like a porn movie. But... <laughs> it does. <laughs> Stop saying QUAT. <laughs> that there's a bunch of issues here. The chemicals are linked to serious health problems. They contribute to antimicrobial resistance. And they pollute the environment. Is there? Oh, it's like uh, using uh, antibiotics, overuse of antibiotics, right? Exactly. And since they're disposable, we're polluting up the planet as well. Uh, the chemicals might not be uh, super uh, effective, uh, but they are definitely super harmful. <laughs> so wow. One researcher. So they're basically saying, like, old school, you should be spraying Clorox and using, like, a paper towel or some buffer in between you and those sure. chemicals. And we should really not be using them in any regularity. Well, it's a little late. It's a little late. Right. Uh, is this do is this asbestos worthy? I mean, is this something <laughs> like we're going to have to really worry about fifteen years from now? 
This could be your wife's next uh, class action lawsuit against yeah. all of us like, that have been using these things. Like Camp Lejeune water or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the whole, there's this classic catch 22 of how much do you want to disinfect stuff? Like people yeah. should get used to a certain amount of germs and whatnot. But uh, yeah, during COVID, obviously that exploded. But yeah, the irony is we actually have discovered now transferring COVID through surfaces is actually extremely difficult. So the wipes weren't really keeping us safe from COVID, but then we all took on this additional risk. So it, you remember when uh, Trump said, "Like, uh, oh, we should check out drinking bleach," you know, <laughs> uh, to see if it would help. It turns out that's a bad idea too, <laughs> right? But now that you bring this up, like, uh, it makes sense. Like, we're porous. Like, that's right. you know, in essence, we're drinking some sort of yeah. is- chemical. You are absorbing those, so. Yeah. Not good, huh? All right. Yeah. Well, so thanks for letting us know, dude. Stop. So there. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody. Uh, hey, real quick, just so Clorox doesn't sue us, if you wear rubber gloves while using those wipes, it's uh, an effective barrier, too. Oh, good. Yeah, thanks for letting us but know. Who I mean, I got, uh, along with the rest of America, I got cases after I stockpiled over the pandemic, and uh, I'm going to have to use them. You got cases. That's why we have shortages, because people like to provide cases of them. Uh, I don't have cases. I I mean, uh, you know, packages, not case, not like a huge case of multi. You know. I, got, I you probably got more... five of those round tubes under my sink. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a little hoardish, but okay. We'll, we'll let you slide. Well, oh, sorry, gosh. dude. You're better than me. They make good wipes after a particularly messy, uh, you know, spout of diarrhea or something. No, dude, you can't use those on your butthole. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think Steve is, I think Steve was talking about cleaning the toilet oh, in case you don't make it, it in right. time. All yeah, right. what Brewski said. That's what I meant. <laughs> oh, <okay>. sure. <laughs> a Maryland hey, listen, man. Who, oh, go ahead, Brewski. Who I was to say who amongst us didn't quite hasn't gotten to the toilet in time and made a mess. I mean, everybody's done it, you know, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right, dude. Oh, speaking of which, side note, oh, oh I boy. become uh, I became in Hawaii. I guess it's because, uh, well, I, I don't want to generalize or stereotype, but there's a company called Toto that makes uh, bidets. Yes. And I think it's a Asian company. Uh, and a lot of Asian people use bidets. That's a big right. thing, right? Yeah. So I think because... There are so many people that travel to Hawaii from Asia that uh, they have these totos in the hotel rooms. Okay. I spent six days with a toto that was heated seat, first of all. So whenever I sat down, it was like a warm hug on my embrace yeah you know (laughs) so i would sit down and i found myself honestly kind of spending more time on this because i so i sit down so warm then i go do my business and i hit the button and there's a couple of extra features this was the ferrari of bidets i hit the button that says hey clean my butt you know because there's one for a woman's fronts and one for your back nice wow toto clean my (laughs) no-no 
<laughs> right. Yeah. And Rachel used it. I mean, we were using front, back, front, back. Uh, so I cleaned my butt, dude. And then you can hit a button that says oscillate. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it does this. And I got to tell you, dude, the, for the very first time in my life, I, I kind of understood why gay sex may be so popular. <laughs> you know what I mean? These things feel wonderful. Well, first of all, it doesn't have to just be gay sex. And uh, there's a lot for of... For me, it would... No. Well, for you, you, yes, but that's not what your, I mean, dude. not for your person or something. I'm saying like there's a lot of nerve endings back there. That's why uh, backdoor play can be fun. Mm. Well, Doug so Stanhope always, always says that he's always down for, you know, having ladies, you know, root around for his prostate. You know, he doesn't and mind it at all. That's what right. I was wondering, Brewski, is this getting somewhere close to my prostate? Let me be clear. It, yeah. whatever what was happening to for me anyway was not orgasmic it just felt kind of like uh you know when you go to the massage parlor and they massage your glutes real good sure. like oh do you want your butt rubbed and i'm like yeah it feels amazing it's not horny amazing it just feels good yeah but if you so, add on to that if you're on the toto getting your no-no washed while getting a blow blow let's just say <laughs> then <laughs> you, then you got grow grow Right. You know. So anyway, uh, this thing was unbelievable, dude. And I must have taken uh, <laughs> as many poops as I could. I was just say, Nick's out <laughs> eating Taco Bell just so he can. <laughs> Wait, look at seriously, at dinner, I'm like, uh, oh, this would probably make me have to. I'm going to get this. So, yeah, it was great, yeah. dude. Get, get some raw spam while you're over there. And you can <laughs> <Right. eat. Yes. laughs> Are you going to sure. add one to home then? I mean, that's an option. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's an option. Uh, I will be adding one very soon. Well, I'm just well, looking at different models. They have models that you don't actually have to replace your toilet. It's this yeah. thing that clips on the side of your toilet. Yeah. And 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 it, and it like swings the little arm out and and everything, and, and it does it I'm all for do. you. Oh yep. yeah, nice. Oh, the other thing about this one, because I've used them before. I installed one for my mother. I don't know, six months ago. I bought her a bidet for Christmas. What Brewski's talking about? That you just clip on, use it as the new toilet seat. Uh, but it's cold water which isn't that big of a deal it's not real cold but uh this was heated warm water which Nick again wants a, you want the warm sensation i do and i don't know i mean i'm gonna have to get some plumbing done i don't have a hot water yeah. line over there yeah that's fair does it blow you dry afterwards how do you yes dry on? dude it wow. does blow you dry wow. this was the process you hit the water let it go. Maybe sometimes I just let it go for two minutes. <laughs> I was really enjoying it. No. So then uh, maybe a minute in, I hit that oscillate button and then go for the other minute, then turn that off and then hit the blow dryer. Just maybe 30 seconds. And then I take a piece of paper and just make sure it's all dry and all good. And never one time did that white toilet paper come up anything other than white. Wow. See, all yeah. the nooks and crannies down there, I would assume something uh, evades the water flow. But oh, not, huh? It was fantastic. Mm, those Japanese, you know, Nick, they're onto something. You yeah. know, Nikki, as the prophet Paul Stanley once famously sang, Yeah. It ain't no crime to be good to yourself. You're right, Paul Stanley. Yeah, excellent. Uh, okay, uh, need to know news, news you need to know. 
Gosh, this is a bummer of a story to go into after the bidet <laughs> talk. After the wonderful, uplifting bidet story. <laughs> yeah. A Maryland man has been carrying an AR-15 style rifle near a school bus stop just to prove that he can, just to show that he can. Yes. The issue of gun control came to a head in Maryland after a man began regularly standing at school bus stop with an AR-15 style rifle in his hands for the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, he's been strolling around his neighborhood in Severn, Severn, Maryland, with a long gun in what he says is a protest against recent state gun control legislation. Uh, police say his actions are legal. And yeah. I'm surprised Maryland allows that crap. I thought you were going to say it was Texas or Florida or some crap. No, dude. Isn't mm-hmm. that nuts to me? I mean, here's the thing, dude. Everything that's legal, we don't have to do. You know, like uh, there are still a lot of dumb laws on the books. And even with this one, whatever your belief in in our uh, gun policies are, uh, you can do it. But why? Why are you doing that? It's one thing to go do it in a public setting or whatever and make your point. But do you have to do it in your children, your school bus stop, for these kids that are doing active shooter drills and hearing about this crap all the time? Because he wants wants to say, look at me, look at me. He wants to draw attention to himself. This is not so much about a protest. It's about that he's taking a stand. So it's about promoting himself. It's not about the the protesting gun laws. He just wants the grandstand and make it all about himself. Look, look, this is my right. This is what I can do. And Steve, like you said, I I, I don't have any children of my own, but uh, I have nieces and nephews. And uh, Steve tells me some of these active. I'm curious about the active shooter uh, drills drills that they do. And Steve tells me about them, dude. They're mind blowing to me. So I bring them up with my nieces and see if they were going through like the same type of thing. And, uh, in such an aloof way i mean they were telling me about it and it's not shocking to them because it's what they've always known i guess the problem is i mean that's a sad commentary that it's just become commonplace to them but you know growing up in michigan we did tornado drills because a tornado could come sure and i know out west a lot of people did earthquake drills things like that but it's a whole different level to say okay a tornado an act of god could happen you know sure it could but to tell children like hey there's a distinct chance a guy's going to come in here and just try to murder you in school so because that's a real thing in america nowadays we're going to teach you how to hide you got to be quiet you know put something in front of your chest because that's probably where they'll try and shoot you lock the doors hide in the corner well you know that there i was reading a story today as a matter of fact that um they're actually in some some districts they're going to start handing out bulletproof backpacks to kids and then also that they're going to buy these desks that can be pushed down and the desk topper itself is bulletproof as well i think it's great that they're going to do that in the situation that we're in but the fact that we have to and you're not working on other stuff that could possibly stop it is ridiculous Let's let's stop it before it gets to that point. So you don't have to, you don't need those things at all. Right. We're not going to put the fire out. We're going to give you all fire uh, extinguishers and hope for the best (laughs) is basically what that is. Yeah. yeah, There's backpacks, the desk, there are these new like retractable panic rooms. Like it's two panels that fold out from the walls and then they connect and you can go in this little panic room basically and barricade yourself in. I can't even understand the long-term psychological damage that has to be doing to kids too. Exposed oh, yeah. them to that reality. Yeah, some person will just come in here and try to shoot you in the head. 
Hey, dude, what do we do with the opposite side of this? You've heard commentary on it before where you say, like, oh, uh, while we're training our kids what to do in an active shooter situation, we're training the shooter of what to do in an active shooter situation. Right. Yeah. You know, to look, like look it's, out for. it's crazy. Yeah. Yes. It's just Given like the concept the of arming teachers. You're just putting a gun in the school and telling them where it is. So, yes. Right. Go punch Mrs. Smith in the gut and take her gun from her. Yeah, uh, the whole thing is absolutely preposterous. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, America. <laughs> need to now news. News you need to now. It's time for another brewski. This one is a crazy brewski. <laughs> they all are. <laughs> well, so now, guys, have you all ever like taken on a job, whether it's at home or like an employment sort of situation where you thought, you know what? This is going to be easy. This is going to be a piece of cake, no problem. And then you find out that that's not exactly what you thought it was going to be. Yes, talk that's, radio. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, the, but that's also generally my personality. I think everything's going to be easier than it ends up being. It's a yeah. bad personality trait. In all seriousness, I my first ever real job was in a factory on an assembly line, and I thought like that's easy. I stand there all day. I wanted to blow my brains out two hours into my first shift. I mean, it was. You mean so, it was not Laverne and Shirley fun? No. It was mind-numbing terribleness to sit. No music was loud in this factory, so you just stand there for eight hours a day on an assembly line. I, I, I told myself I will never do something like this for my profession. Yeah, it's a motivator, dude. Yeah, it, it 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 really is. It's it's amazing because I did the same thing when I worked at a um, aerospace company here, and it was the same stuff every day, every month. Like nothing changed at all. And there were people who did that for 40 right. years. I was going to uh, say, there were some people that loved that job. They loved the monotony and the repetition of it. I mean, it just, it puts you in different categories. You realize quickly, yeah. I am not that kind of mindset. So I'm not yeah. dumping on people that are, but I just, it's not for me. No, yeah. if you, if you are capable of doing that, you're, I would say you're a special person, dude. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And we need those people. So yeah, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah, well, take the jobs now before robots and AI do. <laughs> so. Well, so my my uh, story here is uh, it comes to us also from across the pond, the BBC, and it says Loch Ness Monster Hunter. I thought the job would be easier <laughs> <laughs> to find it or just to put the eight hours in every day doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy. Still don't so see him. <laughs> his, 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 sorry, Steve Feltham has dedicated his life to solving the mystery of the Loch Ness Monster. He gave up his job and sold his home in Dorset to move the doors on the shore of the Loch in 1991. Mm. And this has now, a happy ending. I'm shocked. <laughs> now, after more than 30 years of, of searching for Nessie, he said he thought the task would have been easier. Who's Mr. paying him? What kind of job is this? <laughs> I, I know. I know. Mr. Felton made his first sighting of something unexplained within his first year of his search, and he hoped to make further sightings soon after. He told the BBC morning, BBC's morning radio, I had one glimpse of something like a torpedo going through the water. <laughs> I did think this job was going to be easier as I had a sighting in the first year <laughs> and I thought it wouldn't be long till, until a second sighting would come along. Yeah. Dude, maybe this is uh, maybe he set up a non-profit and this is just his way to hang out on the water <laughs> all the time. You know, yeah, really. oh, I'm looking, I'm out here looking. I loved how he must have uh, thought like, hey, no one ever really looked before. Like, I am, <laughs> yeah. you know, my first did week, you I look under something. the bed? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> 
do a dog whistle for the thing. You ever uh, feel like you have seen the equivalent of Tahoe Tessie, Stephen? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, here in Lake Tahoe, we have a, an urban legend about Tahoe Tessie, our own aquatic dinosaur-aged thing. Really? Yes. And, uh, you know, my kids, when they were little, every time we went to the beach, they spotted Tahoe Tessie, of course. <laughs> bubbles, you know, bubbles coming out of the water, that was a big red flag. But uh, I, never, I never knew it was a career opportunity, so maybe you, I'll start that here. It's, it's well, unbelievable what you can see if you want to, right? Because I remember as a kid, uh, Christmas Eve, we were driving home from a family celebration, and my dad points out in the sky, you know, these red lights flashing, and yeah. it's obviously an airplane. It's He's like, look, you know, Santa, we're, Santa's flying over right now. Dude, I told that story for years that I was positive that I saw Santa flying over me when I was a kid. Like, you know, you can believe it if you want to. We worked with a guy uh, named Mark Christopher. He and his oh. brother are the biggest big uh, Bigfoot hunters uh, yeah. I've ever met, and uh, they've made press with it and everything else. His brother who may be passed away now i'm not exactly sure hunted bigfoot for years dude yeah and did he find him mm. <laughs> not yet right i'm sure any day now Still i've known a few people it. like that that are infatuated with uh, bigfoot one of my buddies growing up uh, we were riding dirt bikes up in northern michigan in the middle of the woods of nowhere and he ran out of gas and i went back to the campsite to get a can of gas and when i went back out there like 200 acres deep he was white as a ghost, just freaking out. And he swears to this day that he saw Bigfoot out there Come on, and has been obsessed. I mean, for the years after that, he started reading every book there was. I mean, we ridiculed him for years, and he never backed off of it. Do you believe him at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't then, and I still don't now. I mean, could have been What do you think got him so freaked out? some other animal of some sort but i don't know i mean there are a lot of sightings in northern michigan so who knows he didn't need some sort of plants that might have given him something to he was seeing stuff was that's he? what i was gonna say were you guys doing shrooms yeah I mean, we were like 14 15 this is way before those kind of party days but um yeah you know people do get obsessed with this stuff but it's like when you watch one of those bigfoot hunting shows or loch ness monster i mean people film and film and film and film for years no one has ever ever found anything so well mr felton's been going what uh now 32 years yeah i'm sure tomorrow's wow. his day yeah, well, just so you know, it, it's all not, he hasn't come up completely empty. Okay. He's actually just been, um, gotten um, an award from the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest continuous vigil hunting for the Loch Ness Monster. Wow. So AKA there's that. The biggest loser. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, you have been looking for a long time, sir. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. All right. Uh, I've got a weight loss story here. Uh, first of all, Nick, give us an update. You had told us a few episodes back that you and Rachel were uh, trying out microfasting. Yeah. Uh, I know it was uh, hard at first, so uh, how's that going? Uh, the microfasting does get easier, uh, but I did not microfast the whole time I was on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I saw some of your food pictures, and I yeah. thought, I don't think they're fasting. Nor should no. <laughs> you be on vacation. Yeah, so. we did not microfast, dude. And, uh, yeah, I ate real healthy. Uh, while I was on vacation, uh, but I <laughs> am not back on it today either. I will be back on it tomorrow. So were you, you were doing it up until vacation though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And any results? I mean, is it, uh, 
I'll tell you this. I've lost 14 pounds through microfasting, but I, and 14 pounds happened maybe like two and a half or three weeks ago. And then it kind of felt like it started to stall. Mm, okay. Uh, and I don't know if that's a permanent thing, temporary thing, but I'm going to keep doing it. I do feel better, dude. Uh, just in general of not, uh, cutting my eating time off, uh, by eight 30 at night. Yeah, because uh, I usually eat late, so I feel better with it. Even I suppose if I wasn't losing weight, I would maybe keep doing it. I know when I started it, I like maybe I dropped ten pounds pretty quickly, and then it took like I don't know. I mean, a, at least a month, or maybe even more, before I kind of hit that second threshold of you know losing some weight. So yeah, getting over the hill. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, for the audience, I was combining that with eating a little smarter and exercising more and all that. But um, so Nick and I are big uh, coffee fans. Uh, which, by the way, um, I've uh, I've abandoned Phil's. I still have my ah! Phil's coffee mug. You have, but, uh, dude. Well, I, I mean, so. you were loving it. Why did you? Were you introduced to something else, or did you come across something else better? So there's a coffee company here in Lake Tahoe that has the dumbest name. Like, I don't know what marketing person or probably no marketing person consulted on the name of this coffee, but the name of the coffee, this is the name. This is not their slogan. The All name right. of the coffee is drink coffee, do stuff. Hmm. Huh. Does it have uh, energizing properties to it other than caffeine? Well, I don't know, but their actual slogan underneath that weird convoluted name, which good luck Googling drink coffee to see what you come up with, but, <laughs> but I digress. Their slogan is, uh, I think it's uh, more sweet, less bitter. And that's what I like in coffee. And that's what Phil's was. It was sweeter than yeah, and less bitter. So okay. I, I got a bag of this local coffee and I'm digging it. It's good. So I don't know that I need to be ordering Phil's anymore. Why not? Less expensive than Phil's? Uh, it was certainly comparable. I think it was actually probably a little bit cheaper. But uh, So I, I'm digging that for sure. But Now you're shopping local, dude. Good for exactly. you. And I'm not putting as much creamer in because you guys have made me feel kind of guilty about how much creamer I was using. I didn't realize that doing like three fingers of creamer <laughs> was a lot. So. It's a lot. You, know, you just drink one or two cups a day. You're all right, dude. Yeah, I do my one little French press. It's two big cups. But uh, I do use sweetener still or my creamer, but uh, much less with this sweeter coffee blend. So that's cool. But do you do you put sugar in your coffee or just creamer? Uh, just creamer, only because it already is sweet enough, you know. Okay. See, uh, so I, I use like the uh, French vanilla or whatever, you know. Okay. There's been times where I'm traveling where I don't like the creamer, and I find if I put a little sugar in there, it makes it better. Sure. But you're just dumping pure sugar in your coffee, so that seems like a bad idea. But I also see a lot of snobbery out there about uh, Splenda and all the other sugar substitutes. It's just back well, and forth, dude. It's like aspartame, you know. When my dad was alive, he used to tell me all the time, and there were articles on it that, like, aspartame was um related to maybe having ms or maybe having certain cancers and stuff like that and people were drinking diet coke with aspartame and then they started changing it up oh now it has stevia in it and it's all over the place you know it's like asbestos it is all over the place. The uh, the latest science out today that I'll share for need to know news, uh, do not use sugar substitutes if you're trying to lose weight, according to new guidance from the World Health Organization, from the WHO. Wow. Townsend. Uh, the global health body said a uh, systemic review of the available evidence suggests the use of non-sugar sweeteners, or NSS, quote, does not confer any long-term benefit in reducing body fat in adults or children. 
Replacing free sugars with non-sugar sweeteners does not help people control their weight long term. We did see a mild reduction of body weight in the short term, but it's not sustainable. Uh, now, are they talking about uh, just like kind of man-made equal stuff like that? Or are they talking about stevia or, you know... Uh, Anything well, that's not actual sugar. Uh, okay. Um, monk fruit. Uh, uh, monk fruit sugar. Uh, it's what I use now. It's made of monk fruit. Okay. And, it's organic, uh, though. Yep. Okay. So I'm okay. Yeah, this is basically their, the the end point at this article here is basically stick with the real deal. It's certainly not helping you lose weight, and these substitutes also uh, indicate that there might be a potential undesirable long-term effect for the use of these things. Uh, increased risk of type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Wow, dude. That's so, I'm more of a fan of, of just the sugar in the raw. Yeah, the uh, that's brown sugar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But generally, if if I'm having a cup of coffee, I just set it down in front of me, and and I'm so sweet as I am, it just my coffee's all set. <laughs> Stick your finger in yeah, there, and it's yeah. plenty sweet. Uh, sweet enough, baby. <laughs> sweet enough. I would argue when it comes to butter, milk, sugar, these kinds of things, it's probably best just to use the real deal if you're going to uh-huh. use it. So. I love butter, and my oh. body shows it. I love butter so much. <laughs> Let me tell you something you guys will appreciate, all right? Uh, my vacation, all right? I hate to bring it up again, but I cuddled cows on this vacation. <laughs> you Ooh. cuddled cows. Interesting. Yeah, have you ever heard of it as a therapy? You know, we uh, were driving down this back road. of. Oh, I thought you were you talking know, about like a three-way or something you guys did. So, sorry. No, dude. Uh, that's you so found a, a large lady on the dance floor? Yeah, no. That's uh, I would never refer to a large woman as a cow dude this is a cow i cuddled cows we were driving down this back road <laughs> okay. who discovered this Some guys out in the field cuddling cows she's like oh it's for therapy it's therapy yeah, well yeah. you go on tiktok or i actually do this is a funny story so i find this guy and it says we're coming on this back road driving by and on plywood just spray painted it says cuddle a cow and then <laughs> as you Why keep not? going down the road you know it says like next right and twenty dollars cuddle a cow Ther- therapy for people with anxiety cuddle a cow right. so of course i pull over dude of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going through my wallet dude seeing if i have cash so rachel and i go over and we cuddle these cows which i have pictures of and videos i'll, I'll send them to you please i didn't see that on facebook this week yeah, uh, I thought we posted some, but maybe not. But dude, I laid down with this mama cow. All right, yeah. huge. Well, yeah. This guy is obviously a hippie, and he says, "You know, scoot your sit down and scoot your butt into the crook of the neck of this big mama cow." You're spooning, she, basically, right? Yeah. No, I'm sitting down, dude. I got my back on her neck. I'm laying back like I'm in a recliner. Okay. So he was like the harder you get up against her and lay back the more she'll want to hug on you and she does dude as i'm leaning back into her she wraps her head around me and just wants to love on me it was fascinating and then there were babies everywhere all around me baby cows and they want to come up and be pet and want to you know cuddle with you so we cuddle cows for 20 minutes i get to know Ah, those are whores man (laughs) i get to know this guy he was uh hi hari krishna he had the whole you know ponytail on the back of his head that sticks up he's hari krishna he tells me Uh. 
he takes this uh, idea that he has just a couple of years ago and said, if I could start saving cows from slaughter, he was a vegetarian, but didn't require you to be. Uh, if I could start saving and have a rescue, I should do it. And I don't have any land. So I will take these cows to other people's land and say, if you let me keep my cows here, I'll clean up you know, your vegetation. He's got 180 cows now, and he milks them, and they never get pregnant. But does it seem possible? by tourists all day? No, dude, no. There's a way to keep uh, cows lactating, and he produces milk and everything raw. He said, if you're eating today's milk, yeah, there are so many health issues with the how we get our milk today. Yeah, sure. The stuff that's in them. He was like, dude, I only drink raw milk, sometimes right yeah. out of the udder. And, uh, you know, put it in my coffee in the morning. Hey, I was straight like, from the tap. That's a oh. bit too far. But, uh, yeah, this guy was incredible, dude. He said, if you eat this raw milk and you eat this raw butter, all the stuff you're talking about, it's so much better than buying that other stuff. And if you eat it in moderation, you won't gain weight. Hmm. Interesting. You believe him. Uh, listen, well, I, I love the anecdotal evidence from the hippie cow molester in Hawaii, but uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how this all pans I out believe, in the long term. Nick, I believe he he gave you incorrect information because cows will only produce milk as a result of being pregnant, and they have to give birth to at least one calf a year in order to be able to still produce milk. Not if you cuddle a man. It gets yeah, that's ready. right, dude. Listen, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'd have to get in much deeper to this story, and I doubt the audience is really in interested in it, but I'll tell you what he told me, dude, yeah. off the air, okay? <sighs> the point wait, is, cuddle a cow, what you, Wait, what, what kind of tease was that? Uh, it just You're saying you can only tell us off air how he's getting these cows to produce milk. Oh, are you mm. curious about it? I didn't know well, if it was yeah. boring to you. No, I'm fascinated by the, <laughs> your cuddling cows on vacation. Okay, and that somehow dude. this guy has figured out how to make them produce milk without impregnating them. Never-ending milk supply, dude. If you extract the milk in the right way, which means Orally. only by... <laughs> no, dude. You want to make this sexual so bad. I it's a little cow, sexual dude. already. <laughs> no. If you milk the cow only by hand and feed the cow feeds on only grass he has well last two or three years i think is what he's been doing this two or three years he's had uh cow keep milk the whole time not get pregnant again i don't i i know nothing about the topic to question the science per se but uh, uh, that's a fact oh well we just got her certified that is interesting <laughs> no i've never heard of cuddling cows for therapy Hey, dude. Uh, oh, the funny side of this was is when I pulled over to him, I was like, well, I think I followed you on TikTok. And sure as crap, I did. What? Really? Yes, dude. And this guy was out in a field. I mean, we were so far out of the city, dude. That well, I mean, we're on back roads. And I followed this guy on TikTok. What does he do on TikTok? Just cuddle uh, cows? You cuddle what do you cows, think? Dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he shows, uh, maybe I'm on TikTok now, dude. I don't know. I mean, he when people stop by to cuddle the cows, that's what he does on TikTok. That's funny. Was and he a filming lot of you? This could be other, some good press for us. Yeah, that could be. I should have just, he wasn't filming. No, uh, I. Uh, but if he would have, I would have mentioned How that you know of? Yeah, not that I know of.
Well, that's fascinating. All right. Is that need to know news? Where are we at now? I don't even know. Is that you? We're not on need to know news, dude. (laughs) Look. So this is me surrounded by cows, dude. And that cow with her her head over my shoulder, that cow must weigh a couple of thousand pounds. It's a big one, but the rest are babies. Wow. Nick was in the middle of a cow gangbang. A cow bukkake. Yeah. And yeah, you could have been crushed. Was there any safety protocols or anything here? Dude, I mean, there were cows everywhere in this little tent and it was it was raining. I mean, I don't think so. He told me how to not get stomped by a cow. Yep. Here, uh, there's the Hadi Krishna, and this is me backing in. Look at that cow with his head on my belly, dude. Yeah, that's a it's huge really cow. right into you. That, that's an OSHA violation right there. <laughs> I don't think OSHA was out there, dude. I was out. To go and get like a Kona burger after all this to surround it all off or what? Yeah. It's funny that you say that, dude, because we drive away from this place and I tell Rachel, I was like, because this has been on my mind for a while. I was like, I'm getting closer to not wanting to eat meat anymore. I love Uh, meat, but I don't want to eat it. And she was like, yeah, I could see after doing something like that that you wouldn't want to. Four hours later, I was eating a hamburger, and she reminded me, do you remember we just cuddled cows four hours ago? I was like, oh, damn. Need to know news. News you need to know. You know who Harlan Crow is, don't you? Oh, yeah. Who is that? He's the no, sugar daddy for Clarence Thomas. Oh, oh my that's God. a funny way to put it. Yes, he is. He's a big uh, mega donor, and uh, yeah, he just had a little trouble with Clarence Thomas. I am uh, disgusted by this whole Clarence Thomas thing. Like, at what point is there accountability on this? Uh, should have never happened, right? I mean, uh, this is terrible, and everyone I say that to says, oh, this kind of thing happens all the time. No, it, it, if it does, it shouldn't, and certainly not with the limited people on the Supreme Court that have filings that he negated to put this stuff on. And he said at one point, "Well, Harlan never had business in front of the court, and now we found out he did." Does but, yeah. I mean, this, this is, is the outrageous. highest court of our land, dude. Uh, yes. I mean, we can't be doing this. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And now there's that story that came out today in the Atlantic uh, that Graham Woods wrote where he had an interview with uh, Harlan Crow and Harlan Crow was saying, Oh no, I, I, uh, I respect Clarence Thomas. We're just good friends. I would never ask him to, to do anything untoward or anything like that. Yeah. And then they said, well, why did you, you know, buy the house and the land for his mother? Oh, that's what you do for friends. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, yeah. Well, I don't see you guys doing that for me, dude. And I would yeah. consider us great friends. I doubt you see Clarence Thomas that often. And by the way, when people are buying houses and paying for your nephew to go to school or whatever the other one, like you don't have to ask for favors. It's implied. Obviously. Yeah. So, yes, dude. So what's the latest? What's your story about? Uh, Harlan Crow. I mean, obviously we know he's a GOP mega donor uh, and he has all these, uh, you know, parties where he'll bring people over. And uh, now that he's got a little bit more attention on him ever since the uh, Clarence Thomas issue, uh, people have noticed when they go to these parties that uh, he's got a lot of Hitler memorabilia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'd heard about that, yes. Which is common, right? I collect Spider-Man. He collects Hitler stuff. Ah. (laughs) Potato, potato, dude. Listen, he has uh, said, I'm going to put away my Hitler paintings. I mean, I insist to you all that there's nothing wrong with displaying them. But if you're going to be a pussy, I'll put it away. All right? Wow. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just historical artifacts, right? Well, yeah. Come on. 
So Great. it's only in the master bathroom now? Is that where he's going to hang his other pictures? <laughs> yeah. I can just see that he has some sort of help, hired help in his house. And he's like, uh, take the Hitler paintings down, and then we'll put them back up when they leave. Right. Oh, like, why good. are you surrounding yourself with that stuff if you're a good person? Yeah, we talked about hobbies that were red flags before. That's a guaranteed red flag. <laughs> yes. Nobody should be collecting Nazi memorabilia. And don't for a second try to convince me it's just historical artifacts. Baloney. Come on, dude. I'm sure they all just hang out in the third Reich room with all the memorabilia around. <laughs> There's a nice ping pong table in the middle. It's cool. It's got to yeah. be a joke, dude. I mean, uh, this is going to be a joke in 2023. He's, he's, I, he's, he's, he's holding up Ava Braun's panties like Anthony Michael Hall did in 16 Candles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we could laugh more at this story, but I am so disgusted by it, and I just don't understand why there has not been accountability. And I love that Thomas is like, I'll go back and redo the forms. I would love to be in front of the Supreme Court for any legal matter and just say, oh, did I do something wrong? I'll just go fix it. Now I'm off the hook, right? No accountability, no jail time, no nothing. Like... It's not the way any of the system works, and they should be held at the highest of standards. Instead, somehow yeah. they're at the lowest. Did I watched uh, I watched an argument in front of the Supreme Court when I was in D.C. Uh, Rachel uh, is in the she was uh, inducted to the Supreme Court. Yeah. So we went and watched an ar uh, argument. First of all, it's fascinating to see one person in front of you know standing in front of all these high-powered supreme court justices and here we they are firing questions i mean that is not something that you take lightly you are arguing and questions are coming from all different uh types of different people uh intelligent people that are happening quick and you have to be there to answer them all right. and there is no like oh i made a mistake which we know even in the smallest cases so right. what are we doing here well what does rachel say about all this uh same thing i mean like i mean what in the world is happening here why why is this not being looked into but then on the other side of that coin i think she's one of the people who said to me like I'm sure this probably happens a lot. Yeah, uh, sadly, like this uh, is he the only one we found out about? Yeah. Type of thing, you know. Listen, at some of the well, lower level circuit courts and stuff, like man, I mean, I guess I have some level of not vomiting over it, but the Supreme Court, right? Well, but on the other side of that, though, uh, there were some folks in New York who own a deli, and they know uh, Justice Elena Kagan. And they wanted to send over to her from a deli they know in D.C. a bunch of bagels and coffee and cream cheese. And Justice Kagan said, no, I can't do that because then she would be accepting a gift. As uh, she should, dude. And yeah. she said she said no to it. Yeah. I mean, you remember when we first got into radio, how serious the topic of payola was uh, yeah. and how we could be fine, big. I mean, a radio station could lose its license at the time. So we took it very seriously. Right. And we're stupid radio DJs. Court, dude. <laughs> and we and we and we had to go through training. Yes. And then you had to sign you had to sign a legal form to, to say that you understood all of the rules. Yeah. I mean, even as a board op. Just somebody that sits there right. pushing buttons and that sort of thing. You had to do the the payola training. Yeah, no, it's totally true. I've uh, I we've commented on the show before about the fact that I used to eat uh, McDonald's like two or three times a day. I went to the same drive through every day. And there was one morning after one of my overnight shifts, I pull up to McDonald's at like five thirty, and they're all like, "Hey, we've been listening to you tonight. Like breakfast is on us." And 
And I got all serious, and I told him, like, I cannot accept a free Egg McMuffin. I am sorry. That would be cool. Well, won't do it. So <laughs> right. I stuck to my principles as a stupid overnight DJ at McDonald's, yet we have Clarence Thomas saying, like, no big deal. I'll just go back and change the forms. And, like, I mean, it's my truly, It's truly mind-blowing, and it pisses me off. So, yes. But nothing This is need-to-know news. News you need to know. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Well, I've got a story for you guys. Sure. Okay. Do we remember a book that was put out a few years ago called If I Did It? Hmm. Nope. I don't. Okay. I so remember that was everyone book. poops. I know we all did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a book that was written years ago called If I Did It, and it was written by O.J. Simpson. Oh. And it was and it was basically and, and this is this is honest. It's out there. So there was this book that he put out years ago entitled If I Did It, and it was basically talking about how he would have done it if he was to do That's what he right. did, right? It was, he, he phrased it as this is a fictionalized thing of if I had killed my wife and her, her lover, that's how I would have done it, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the reason why I mentioned that is because we've got a story of a mom in Utah who wrote a children's book about grief after her husband died, but now she's being charged with murdering him. Yes, dude. I did. I've read about this. I don't know a lot about it, but I saw that it happened. Did she wrote the book, and then did she murder him like two years later or a year later, something like that? Well, it says here that a Utah mother who wrote a children's book about how to cope with grief after a husband's death last year is accused of having poisoned him with a lethal dose of fentanyl after she served him a celebratory Moscow mule. Ouch. It's just plan. She's planning, dude. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. And let's take care of the grief before I even murder him. Right? Well, so she, she, he died at Kansas home on March 4th, 2022. Okay. So that was, that was last year. Yeah. And the, the book itself came out this year here. And now the police have just arrested her and uh, she was charged with aggravated murder and three counts of possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute. Distribute. Wow. That's this a is tell not, when you're uh, writing books like that, yeah. And it's not the first time it's happened. I mean, there's been quite a few uh, crime authors of uh, women writing about murdering their husbands where it's actually come true that they've you know murdered their husband so yeah it makes me wonder which came first you know did they write the book and realize how easy it would be to murder their husband or did they <laughs> have an idea and then they you know try to vet it out in a book form the book now this is supposed to be a children's book okay yeah it's 41 pages long who writes a 41 page <laughs> long children's book they're like you'll see what eight ten pages tops sure 41 page that is pretty damn long i do know this woman took out a two million dollar life insurance policy also coincidentally on her husband before she poisoned him so yeah and, and, and now she's got the book money well now she's gonna have to use it to defend herself in court it does say <laughs> that uh she went she tells her kids that dad is still here just in a different way yeah, I buried him under the house, kids. And that's <laughs> Daddy's here with us, still. Daddy's here. This is the only news you need to know. After all, this is need to know news. News you need to know. Right. Enough said. Enough said. Is my turn? What are we doing here? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, Brewski, what is the MBTA? That's the Massachusetts Bay Transit Authority. It's the subway system here in, Ma in Massachusetts, Boston. Tremendous play by Brewski. Nice job, Brewski. Yes, the uh, subway system in Boston, which I didn't even know you guys had a subway. So kudos on that, first of all. 
Yep, one of the oldest ones in the country. Nice. Uh, do you ride it ever, often? I used to ride it all the time, exclusively, uh, before I had my car. I mean, all the time. Are you aware of the tweet they put out this week that is causing controversy there in your hometown? I am not. All right. As a, uh, the, the MBTA tweeted this week, as a courtesy to you or, uh, and your fellow riders and to help keep the tea clean. Is that what they call it, the tea? The tea, yes, sir. Yeah, please avoid eating or drinking while on the vehicles or in the stations. Keep your food and drinks in closed containers and dispose of any trash in proper receptacles. They're saying you're not allowed to eat on the train or in the stations. And a bunch of people have pointed out that A, everyone eats on the damn train, and B, they sell food in the stations. So No, actually, they, 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 they used to. They don't, they don't anymore. Well, um, there's some Twitterers claiming they still do. I don't know who's right or wrong, but uh, oh, I, this brings up the bigger question, in my opinion, is not whether it's okay to eat on a subway train. Why are you eating on a subway train? That seems disgusting to me. Uh, listen, dude, you're living the fast life, you know? Well, uh, I'm working, I'm moving, I'm shaking. I, I need it. I need to power my body. Literally, yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, I've, I've drank a soda on the train. Um, in a subway station, I have eaten like a hot dog that, that I got, you know, but you not have? not on the not on the train itself, though. Well, I would yeah. say if you want to rapidly start a fight in Boston, you should go on the T and start telling people to stop drinking their Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it is, and see how that goes over for you. <laughs> Maybe they'll respect it, dude. Maybe yeah. the Bostonians will respect it. I don't know. Well. There are some people that, that obviously that are on the train that will do all sorts of crazy stuff. And that, I mean, just sure. nasty things. I can only. I, I, like we eating? have audio of, <laughs> of somebody on the train now. Oh, good. Uh, Someone get me some Cheetos. Uh, need to know news. News you need to know. People want their Cheetos, dude. I mean, what are you going to do? Stop them? Don't take Cheetos from a Bostonian. Well, let's get our latest Budweiser update, boys. The Mm. uh, saga of the woke beer trudges on as all-American beer maker Anheuser-Busch in Bev makes another non-confrontational move to appease a vocal portion of its consumer base. Yeah, poor Bud Light, Budweiser. They've just pissed everyone off at this point, conservatives and liberals, so now yeah. what? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, goes over. I mean, uh, in essence, they're rebranding, right? Budweiser and Bud Light aluminum bottles are reportedly being uh, redesigned with a special camouflage print, a pattern yeah. usually associated with sport hunting, according to the New York Post source. The cans <laughs> will also feature images of the Folds of Honor scholarship program, which helps find uh, uh, fund rather education <laughs> for families of fallen and disabled U.S. military and first responders. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not pandering at all. <laughs> right. This is going to solve all their problems, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think they should stop selling Bud Light and just sell Bud. Just sell Pot. I think that's safer and we can all agree. I figure that's the way we were going, but people still want to drink the uh, sparkling beverage. Uh, um, I do. I love it. I do, too, especially on a hot day. There's nothing like a cold, Yikes. almost cold as ice Bud Light. I love it's basically it. basically water, so yeah. Oh, With respect to the current situation and the impact of Bud Light sales, it's too early to have a full-on view of Bud Light's volume decline. Uh, it would only represent about 1% of overall global volumes for the period. Uh, but they're going to see what this anti-woke mob how they react to this new thing. 
I think they should have just left it alone and, uh, you know, put on, you know what I would have done? Put on the cans, Bud, Bud Light, this too shall pass. Like, uh, just wait it out, dude. This is all yes. going to go away. People are going to still drink your beer. I don't know who's advising them on surviving controversy, but yeah, the usual answer is just wait it out because no one's going to remember it in six months or a year or whatever it is. And, and yeah, I'll be curious to see what it does because like we were mentioning on the past couple episodes here, I mean, they, they upset the anti-woke crowd with this Dylan Mulvaney thing, but then they pulled support of Dylan, which upset the pro-woke crowd. Uh, you know, So yeah. they've got both sides of the aisle united hating Bud Light. And, and, at what point, by the way, does woke does that word woke does that become just like just completely cliche and that people are embarrassed to even use it like well, so just like just overused it's a catch-22 because the a, a criticism i often have of us libs is we're terrible at branding and the right is so good at it you know there's nothing wrong with the word woke or the concept behind it that you're progressive and give a crap about other people but we let them take all of these words like liberal and you know demonize it into something bad so you gotta take it back we, yeah i was to say do we take it back do we you, know, you, you can't keep inventing new words because we're just gonna we got to stop being shamed into these things being woke is a good thing yeah so i hear you but yeah libs need to be better at branding like defund the police what a terrible slogan that was it was so easy to twist it against us and obviously it didn't mean giving the cops no money it just meant redirecting the funds in a smarter way but yes we got to be better about this stuff well, good luck, dude. We good luck to Bud better. Light. We'll see how that ends up. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. what you should expect for need-to-know news, news you need to know. And that'll do it, fellas. Yep. Find us online, thevocalminority.net. Find us on the social medias and help spread the good word or whatever word it is we're spreading today. And that'll do it. Say goodbye, Brewski. Goodbye, Brewski. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.